Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is your buddy Chewy, and I am joined once again by my brother from another mother, Mr. Pip. How are you, sir? Good. How are you? Happy holidays to you and yours. Likewise, my friend. It has been, uh, it's been a while, hasn't it? What, it's been over a month? Yeah, a little bit over a month, I think, right before Thanksgiving was the last time we managed to clear our schedules for such an important event. Yeah, and so we are, um, we, we have gone, th- we've gotten through Christmas. Uh, we are in the week of New Year's at this point. Uh, on, the, on the night of our recording, what day is it? It's the, uh, it's the 28th of December here as we record. So we get just a couple of years left in this uh, shit show that is 2020. So I don't, I don't think anybody will be um, too disappointed to see 2020 leave. No, not not from this side for sure. Ready to yeah. uh, move on to bigger and better things in, in the next Indeed. year. Um, so, so there has been there has been a ton that has happened just kind of in the world since we talked. Um, I imagine at least one of those kind of in my mind major events we might talk about on this episode. So I'll skip over it here for a minute. Um, let's 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 talk real briefly. Um, our Hoosiers got screwed out of a uh, out of out of a big football game, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. They, um, you know, they had the season. They had one of the best seasons that they've had since I've been alive. And uh, it, you know, it's unfortunate that uh, I mean Ohio State's a better team, so we, we'll give them that. I do think they're the better team, but I think IU deserved their shot this year and ended up with kind of a lame bowl uh, against the team that hopefully they beat. You know, but at this point, you know, they. Uh, it's just it's a shame to see them not get more uh, recognition for all the hard work that they put in this year because I've never seen them I've never seen them beat so many ranked teams uh, and and Michigan who's a a team that they never beat all in one season and uh and not really get anything out of it unfortunately but and I mean and even and even the game that they lost to Ohio State I mean they were in that game till the very end and and they you know Ohio State punched them in the mouth early and they did not stop which was awesome to see yeah they don't have a bad game this year. I mean, they really don't, which is not something I've ever said about Indiana football. So I'm, I'm proud of them no matter what happens. I think at this point, I just want to see him get a bowl win. They've been in the, uh, the last couple of years is the third straight year that they've gotten in a bowl and they've lost the last two. So, you know, I don't really care. I just want to see him win at this point and, uh, and get what they deserve at that. Yeah. yeah living in, um, living in Ohio in, in the middle of Buckeye country, um, you know, it's funny. I, I remember that that day I went to the grocery store early before the game and I was wearing my Indiana um, sweatshirt and the looks that I got walking through the through the uh, the grocery store was just it was it was an interesting experience for sure. You know, play, playing against Ohio State on that day. And but I was repping the Hoosiers for sure, as I as I always do. So as I would expect. And that's uh, that's great to hear. So uh, let's see. Before we get started, you have uh, you got a drink you want to share? What, what do you what do you uh, what are you drinking tonight? Yeah, sure. So tonight, uh, I, well, first of all, I, I'm not drinking gin tonight. Um, I decided to switch to beer, and one of my favorite beers is uh, one of Indiana's finest. If you can see that, just a little bit. It's uh, one that you're familiar with. It's called Zombie Dust. Out of uh, it's the pride of Munster, Indiana, uh, up in the region on the northwest side, and it's one of the best, one of the smoothest IPAs I've ever had. And it was really, really hard to come by for a long time. And it's it's a little bit more prevalent down in Indianapolis now, so we can find it a little easier. But it goes down really smooth, and it's a uh, it's a it's a delicious, tasty beverage. So, it's, it's very good. What about one, you? One, 
that, that uh, zombie dust is actually one of my favorites. You introduced it to me. Oh God, it's got to be five or six years ago at this point. But uh, yeah, one of my favorites that I will that I will pick up every time I have an opportunity to find it. Um, let's see. Tonight for me is uh, is whiskey. Probably won't be able to see it through me, but this is Broken Top uh, Mountain Whiskey. It is from Oregon. Um, I actually got this. Um, I, I was a, a, a part of a whiskey swap um, on the internet this this winter, and it was a you know kind of one of the it was a classic pyramid scheme where you know you 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 buy one bottle and in theory you're supposed to get a bunch of bottles in return, um, and I actually did. I, I sent out my bottle, and this was one of the ones that I got. I have no idea who sent it to me. Uh, it showed up, for, you know, from Oregon, a postmark with a name that I did not recognize. So. Uh, if you're watching, whoever you are, thank you. It's very good. I'm enjoying it quite a bit. Nice. So, That's awesome. Um, all right. So we'll get into the tonight's episode. Um, if you are watching, you can see on our backgrounds, uh, both, both Pip and I have uh, similar backgrounds. Um, we are talking tonight about our top five favorite Star Wars characters. Um, th this is... This is one of those that I think we probably had earmarked on our list of, of stuff that we wanted to talk about. We are both huge Star Wars nerds. Uh, we talked Van Halen the last episode. Star Wars is another one that's kind of near and dear to our hearts. Um, there is a lot going on in the Star Wars universe these days, uh, which I imagine we might get into, but uh, we thought it might be a good idea to, you know, before 2020 wrapped up, we, we had to hit Star Wars at least once. Yep, absolutely. And I'm, I was really excited to do this. It's, uh, I, I feel like we could spawn uh, quite a few different Star Wars episodes from this. You know, I, I would love to talk more about, you know, open conversations about, you know, the original uh, trilogy, the sequel trilogy, the prequel trilogy, and kind of how all those sit and see after time, you know, how each one of those, you know, kind of, kind of rank to you and, and whether, you know, they still hold up or whether they um, maybe gotten a little bit better or whatever the case may be. But I think today, you know, a good place to start is some of our favorite characters from, from the entire series and, and not just limited obviously to the movies, but <clears throat> uh, any of the, uh, the books, the games, you know, any of the extended universe, even the non-canonical stuff, I think is fair game with any of this. And, and this will be a fun little exercise to go through to, to see if, I think this one will most likely have more overlap than we, we may have in our previous lists, but I'll be interested to see, especially when we get to maybe the few of the more obscure ones, you know, where we, where we sit with that. For sure. All right. So we, uh, we're going to do uh, our top five and then uh, I think we each have a couple honorable mentions. Um, so I, I will, I'll give you the honors. Why don't we start off uh, with your number five, sir? All right. Well, my number five is, um, is if I had to guess, it's going to be one that's going to be much higher on your list, probably. But uh, my five is actually Han Solo. Um, it's it's a little bit low on the list, maybe, but for me, um, it, it's it's a pretty good fit. I mean, he's who who you know who's cooler in the Star Wars universe than Han Solo? I mean, pretty much nobody at this point. Um, he was such a, an integral figure of the of the trio and in, in the original uh, trilogy and of course uh you know had his part in the sequel trilogy but um you know harrison ford just he he did such a good job of encapsulating everything that han solo had to be i mean harrison ford is arguably more of a movie star than an actor and as as i would define it but i mean he played the part so good and and it was so convincing and just did a wonderful job like there's 
it's no wonder that out of those three characters, like he's the one that, or that character, Han Solo got, you know, the spinoff movie. Um, and, uh, you know, he's just, he's just one of the best. Like there's, there's not a movie that he doesn't, uh, he doesn't contribute to and, and easily just one of the, the most exciting characters. And uh, I, that's why he made my number five. Yeah, no, great, great pick. Um, Han Solo is a character that for me, um, I loved um, in Star Wars. And, and it's a character that if you go into the expanded universe, um, has some really great stories there. Um, and, and I actually really like, I really enjoyed Solo as a film, as a standalone film. Um, I didn't necessarily think we needed it. Um, I think it answered a lot of questions that we didn't necessarily need answering. Um, but I, but I thought I really enjoyed, uh, was it Aaron, Aaron, what's the guy's name? I want to say Eckhart, but that's not right. Um, uh, what's the, uh, I, I don't remember. I'm, I'm blanking on that yeah. one. Aiden, Aiden Eckenreich or Aaron Reich, whoever, but, but the young Han Solo. Right. Um, I, I thought, I thought he played, he brought, um, enough Harrison Ford into that character that, you know, there was some kind of through lines there. Um, and I actually really liked Harrison Ford's portrayal um, in, in the sequel trilogy as well. Um, I thought, um, you know, it might've been a little bit hokey the, the way uh, he, he showed up in um, Rise of Skywalker, but it was, it was amazing and I loved it. Um, and so, yeah, I was, yeah, I was a big fan. I'm glad you brought that up because I think that Harrison Ford was a big reason that I was able to not only accept, but really enjoy um, the, the force awakens, you know, like his, he, he was fantastic in that movie. Like I was happy that that movie had so much of his character in it because I didn't think that they would, you know, feature him very much. Um, but his, his sort of being there helped, sort of indoctrinate all of the other characters and give all the legitimacy to them and you know the reintroductions of the falcon and chewbacca and all that stuff like he he was a big reason why the force awakens worked for me personally you know you know plenty of arguments could be made on whether that was a good movie or not but um i love that movie because of what he brought to that and if he hadn't done that then it wouldn't have been the same experience for me so i liked han solo more after the force awakens you know brought him back i would agree I would agree. Um, okay, so let's see. Number um, number five for me. Um, I will admit there is certainly some recency effect going on here with this pick, um, but but I actually thought I actually thought long and hard about this, um, and I put uh, Din Djarin, uh, aka Mandalorian, as my number five. Um, this character to me, um, was everything or is everything that Boba Fett should have been, um, you know, Boba, when he was introduced to us in empire and then kind of went out like a little bitch in, in Jedi, um, or at least at the time he did. Um, but, but, but Mando is kind of that, what, you know, that, that kind of gunslinger Mandalorian that, that I always envisioned Boba Fett to be. And I think it has been absolutely awesome to see that realized in the show, The Mandalorian. Um, you know, I know that there is a ton of people that really don't like the sequel trilogy 
didn't really like the direction that, or even the prequel trilogy for that matter, didn't really like the direction that, that the Star Wars kind of screen universe was headed. And, but I don't, I don't know that there's really too many people out there that don't like the Mandalorian show or, or, or think it's really, really bad. Um, and, and I'm one of those, I, I just, yes, there have been some slow episodes and there's, they're pretty formulaic. Um, but I think that especially the way Pedro Pascal plays him, even, um, even when, you know, he's, he's, he's got his face covered most of the time. Um, but I just think it's an awesome character and I'm really pumped to see kind of where they go the next, the next episode or the next season. So, yeah, I, that's a, that's an excellent pick. In fact, that. I had to really consider whether or not he would make uh, my honorable mention list because I've really liked, I mean, it's, it's, I've really liked what they've done with the Mandalorian. It, it doesn't change my world with star Wars uh, necessarily, mm-hmm. but I, I really enjoy uh, that character and that contribution. I mean, he, he sort of brought more legitimacy to the Mandalorians in my, in my mind than Boba Fett ever did. Like I I understand that Boba Fett's a lot of people's favorite sort of dark horse character, but I never, you know, it it never really attached to me in the same way. And and I never really understood sort of the cult following behind it. But I mean, I mean, the Mandalorian is there because of Boba Fett, like that, that show wouldn't exist if it wasn't for him. And I think that, I think that Din Djarin, if that's his name, if I'm saying that right, I think he gave a lot of legitimacy to that. And I think that, um, that that show is great. And, and Pedro Pascal is, is phenomenal. He's a really good actor. I watched him on Narcos. That's the first thing that I ever saw him on, on uh, Netflix. And he was so, so good in that show. Um, and he plays the role great in, in the series. So I, I think that's a really solid thing. Yeah. I, I do think it's, it, I do think it's kind of funny be, with that, that Timothy Oliphant showed up um on Mandalorian because in my mind when Mando talks he sounds exactly like Timothy Oliphant it's just very weird like I, I just always think you know if I'm if I'm just listening to it I, I don't know so it was so when so when Oliphant showed up um it was just kind of kind of a, yeah I can see that that's interesting yeah. they have similar cadence to their performance yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So number, uh, number four for you, sir. All right. Well, well, number four, um, was, is probably my, uh, my only, or it, it is my only, uh, female entry to the list. And it's, it's, uh, of course it's Princess Leia. Um, I think that, um, she is a character was, uh, well, <laughs> growing up being a Star Wars fan, she was probably the first girl that I ever fell in love with because she, you know, I was about that age and she showed up in a gold bikini and my world was never the same after that. Um, so clearly I fell in love with her and, and you know, wanted to uh, save the universe on her behalf. But, you know, as the years sort of went by, I, I just thought, looking back, she was a really interesting fit, not just from a, not just Carrie Fisher from a casting perspective, but the character is very much like her, Carrie Fisher in that she's, she's just all balls, right? She'll just take charge. She's not the damsel in distress. She's the one that makes fun of her rescuer when he comes in looking too short to be a stormtrooper. And she just, uh, Carrie Fisher as an actress brought all the, the, the charisma and the attitude and everything that that character needed and as as such, I thought she was just a really great um, uh, protagonist in that series. And, and she was really the first heroine that I was ever exposed to, you know, and, and it really gave I think it really helped to pave the way for a lot of, you know, female 
um, you know, action stars and things like that. Not that she was an action star in Star Wars, but, you know, the Sigourney Weavers of the world and uh, Sarah Connors and, uh, you know, uh, Linda Hamilton, that kind of stuff. Like, I, I think that kind of all comes from a, a lineage that Carrie Fisher was involved with. And I, I, that's why she's one of my favorites. And, and you know, it, you, her performance in The Force Awakens is, has been uh, argued a lot, but I think that what she was there to contribute while she was still around, I thought she did a great job with and, uh, and uh, was just happy to see her back. Yeah, I, I yeah, Le- Leia obviously I think is 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 probably the most certainly the most iconic um, female in the Star Wars universe. Um, it, you know, I, I was um, I, I tell you, I actually really enjoyed a lot of the non-film um, stuff with Leia. Um, there was a book called Truce at Bakura. I remember that 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 I really enjoyed, and there was another one called The Courts of Courtship of Princess Leia, which um, was kind of a one-off book, but I but I and I couldn't even tell you what it was about at this point. But I re- really remember enjoying that. Um, I remembered, or I really enjoyed the the relationship that they that they explored with her and Han and, and her kids and those kind of things in the books. Um, I was bummed that they that we didn't get more of that in the movies. I understand why we didn't. Um, I, I was I was totally fine with her um appearances in in uh, the force awakens um you know i wasn't a huge fan of the way they treated the character in subsequent films but i get it right i mean she un- unfortunately had passed away and they were kind of splicing together footage from um you know from previous films and i think they you know knowing that i think they did a really good job of that um you know obviously that you know the the one kind of the most maligned um moment of hers that that is that star wars nerds bitch about is the you know the the uh miss the mary poppins you know flying flying through space kind of thing but um you know it is what it is that doesn't really bother me all that bad so no good good choice so you've got you've got two of the big three already knocked off your list (laughs) yeah spoiler alert there might be another one on there at some point um okay so my my number four um mine is is the dark lord himself the darth vader um okay i I, now i and but i will preface this it's not anakin skywalker it is darth vader i do not like i do not like um and it's not that i don't i didn't like seeing the background or the origin or those kind of things and i'm not even a hayden christensen hater which i know there's a lot of those out there um I, i just I didn't, I just didn't really care for the, the Anakin backstory. I loved Vader though. Vader was, um, you know, I mean, he, you know, he was the big bad, right? Even though in that first movie in the new hope, he really had very little screen time and he actually wasn't the big bad, right? I mean, you got Tarkin and then you got emperor and then, you know, but he was always kind of the enforcer. He was the, the kind of unknown villain, the man behind the black mask, um, you know, not to mention the fact that you've got James Earl Jones doing the voice. You've got um, David Prowse, rest in peace. He just passed away, you know, providing the kind of um, the hulking bodybuilder, you know, image. Um, I mean, he, he was just, and he was mysterious, right? I think the more that we learn about Vader, um, I think that he's kind of, he's lost his, some of his mystique, at least for me. Um, but when he was just Vader, right, those, 
those first three films or, you know, um, Star Wars Jedi and Empire. Um, I absolutely love that character. And I will throw in um, his appearance in Rogue One, which I think that that movie I love and that sequence I love even more because that was the Vader that I kind of had in my mind, right? It was it was the suited Vader. It was kicking ass. It was using the force. It was throwing the lightsaber. It was, it was just being the the terror that the galaxy was afraid of, and that's that's the Darth Vader that I uh, is number four on my list. Yeah, that's. Um, I mean, it's hard to argue with that. Uh, you know, it's funny. I don't know if you've ever seen. I'm sure you have some of the uh, not the outtakes, but some of the raw footage before <laughs> James Earl Jones put his voice on it, and it was David Prowse. <laughs> talking like this high-pitched <laughs> English accent and the, and it was just like oof man I mean give give Lucas props man he had vision I mean because like if I was on set and I was recording on it and like this we're screwed man this movie's going in the tank yeah but um no I mean yeah I I, I that's that's a fantastic pick uh at James Earl Jones I mean if if Disney had any sense about them, they would sit down with James Earl Jones before he dies and have him record every single word in the English vocabulary so that they can yep. continue to use this dialogue for years to come because it, it, it's not Darth Vader without James Earl Jones, in my opinion. And I yeah. feel like, um, you know, your, your commentary on the Rogue One thing, I think that's what made people remember how much of, well, I mean, not even remember, but I mean, like Darth Vader was never a badass in the sense of fighting in, in the original no. trilogy because he really only ever fought Luke and that was it. Um, and they yeah. were great fights, but I mean, they were, you know, they were very, they were choreographed in a very specific way where he wasn't meant to be a badass. But I think there's a lot more story there that, that they would explore. And personally, I'm shocked that Disney didn't go right into a Darth Vader series about, I mean, there's a lot of material there to mine about how he went and, and killed all the Jedi after, uh, you know, after the Clone Wars and after he became Darth Vader. And, and, you know, I hope we get that in some level at some point someday. But I mean, yeah, that's that's a fantastic pick for sure. All right, sir. Uh, number three. All right. Well, well, my number three is is uh, near and dear and also very closely associated with Darth Vader. It is the Emperor Sheev Palpatine himself. Um, I, you know, in, in Jedi, his, his character... I was really excited about the prequel trilogy because I love the fact that they got Ian McDermott back who, I mean, you can't say enough about Ian McDermott and his performance uh, as the emperor, because if, if it wasn't for how menacing and sadistic, you know, he played that part, like it just wouldn't have the same effect or the same gravitas. But um, you know, we were introduced to him, of course, in return of the Jedi, that actor playing that role anyways. Um, but I just, I, for some, and I don't even know if I can really explain or describe why, why I'm so drawn to his character. But I think, uh, you know, the prequel trilogy really helped amp that up for me because I really liked, there were a lot of things I didn't like about the prequel trilogy, but, but all of the Ian McDermott, all of the emperor related stuff or the, the chancellor related stuff. That was, I just thought that was really fun and it was really cool to see sort of his progression. You know, like the, the prequel trilogy was supposed to be about Darth Vader and his descent you know, from Anakin Skywalker to Darth Vader. But I really think the more interesting storyline, the way that it ended up working out, shouldn't have been this way, but it was, was, was the Emperor's rights to power and how he was behind the scenes pulling all the strings. And I thought that was great. And yeah, you, you can make arguments all day long about how ridiculous it was. He just magically showed up and 
Rise of Skywalker. And I couldn't argue with any of it, but I didn't give a shit because it was so cool to see him again. Like it was badass. Like they, they amped it. They cranked it to 11, man. It was so cool. And they made him look cool. He sounded great. Like I didn't even care that there was no plausible reason that that guy should even be there. Although, you know, spoiler alert, the Mandalorians tried to tell that backstory right now. Um, I I just, I loved it. I thought it was great. I I could, I could watch him play the emperor. And I mean, if the emperor showed up, on a Christmas holiday special just to, you know, zap all the people in church or something like I would watch that because I just, I love that character and I love everything he's done. So, so Palpatine is my number three. Uh, it's, that's, it's a good pick. Um, you know, I, I know, I know there's a lot of, there's a lot of folks that are kind of our age that, that really didn't like rise of Skywalker. They thought it wasn't a very satisfying conclusion. And, you know, to your point, there was plot holes and why is Palpatine here and blah. I really enjoyed that movie. Uh, and, and I think one of the main reasons for it was, was because of Palpatine, right? Um, it, it was, you know, he, he is the, you know, he, he's the big bad that we needed, right? He's the big bad that that, that trilogy needed. Um, and, you know, I think it, it kind of sucked that we didn't get in, in until the third movie. Um, but I think when he came back and I, to your point, I mean, they made him look awesome. They made him sound great. I, I don't even know how old Ian McDermott actually is, but he, I hope he's younger than he looks because man, I would love to see him reprise that role over and over and over again. He's just really, really good at it. So a great pick. He's 76, uh, by the way. Okay. All right. So so, I, I don't know if we'll see him as the emperor much longer or much more, but uh, God, I hope there's an opportunity. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's see my, uh, let's see, I'm up, we're up to number three, huh? Yes. Uh, my number three, um, you might think, I, I have a feeling we might have a, we're, we're coming up into some overlap territory. It might just, we might be flip-flopping some numbers or what have you, but, um, my number three is, uh, is the son of Darth Vader, Mr. Luke Skywalker. Um, Luke is a character that, um, you know, I mean, you know, the, the first couple movies, right, that they're, yes, they're about Vader, they're about Anakin, but they're Luke's movies in my mind, right? Um, yes, the, it is, it is the, the redemption of Anakin, but it is the rise of Luke Skywalker, right? It's, it's him becoming a Jedi Knight. It is his kind of realization. It's, you know, it's the typical kind of hero's journey, right? He, he starts out as a kind of a whiny little bitch and he's, you know, going to Tashi station to pick up some power converters and, and this, that, and the other thing. Right. Um, and, and he becomes, and at the end he, he stands tall and he throws his saber away and he says, I'm a Jedi like my father before me. And that, that particular scene right there where Luke stands tall um, was everything to me in Jedi. It was absolutely everything to me. And it, it's, I'm getting goosebumps right now talking about it. Um, and, and it's really ironic that we are recording this episode, um, I don't know, a week or so after the greatest episode of Mandalorian that I can think of because Luke Skywalker, Jedi Knight Luke Skywalker, showed up in all of his glory. Um, you know, similar to the way Rogue One showed Vader being a badass, Mandalorian finally showed Jedi Luke Skywalker being a badass, um, and and I'm not. That's not to say that he that we didn't get a little bit of that with him on the Jedi's or on um, Jabba's sail barge 
and against Vader. But, um, you know, I think there was no coincidence that the way Jedi Master Luke Skywalker mowed through those dark death troopers they were, I think, mm-hmm. it was very reminiscent of the, the, the Vader scene in Rogue One. Um, in fact, I've seen a couple of YouTube edits where they put them together and it is, it's, uh, it's just awesome. But, but Luke is, you know, Luke, when I think of Jedi, that's what I think of. I think of Luke Skywalker. Um, and yeah, he was, it's love. I love that character. And I was so, so happy to see um, him return um, in Mandalorian. And I think that's part of the reason that I said earlier on my number five pick that there's some recency there, but you know, that the inclusion of that character elevates that entire show and elevates every other character in that show. Luke Skywalker. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's a no brainer. And, and I guess it, it might make sense for, for me to not only justify your choice, but to ease into my number two, which is also Luke Skywalker um, just to, for the sake of efficiency. Um, I mean, you made a good point that I was going to make, which is, you know, the original trilogy is really about Luke Skywalker. I mean, it, it featured the redemption of Anakin Skywalker, but we didn't really know who Anakin was. And I don't really think that was the intent when things kind of started. This was really more the opportunity to, to tell the hero's journey story that, you know, the, 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 the Campbellian archetype, you know, um, line of storytelling that we've heard George Lucas talk about for so long. And that was really about Luke Skywalker. And when I was a kid, Um, you know, I didn't want to be anybody but Luke Skywalker. I wanted a lightsaber. I wanted to, to be able to uh, move things with my mind and, uh, you know, do all that kind of stuff. And and Luke was a big reason. And and Luke to me was sort of the, um, he was the, he was the untainted. He was the pure one, right? Like I liked Luke Skywalker, the same reason I liked Superman, you know, like those guys, they were good people. They were, they were the boy scouts of their respective stories. And, um, I just, I wanted to be them. I wanted to be Luke Skywalker when I grew up. Uh, and uh, he is, he seeing him in, uh, you know, the Mandalorian was great. Um, I'd have to say that the way that they used him in the sequel trilogy was, uh, I don't, I still don't know how I feel about it. I still don't think I love it because it, it took all those things that I loved about him as a kid and it turned them completely on their head. Yep. And uh at first, I thought it was really brave uh, for them to make that choice. And then looking back, I'm like, I just don't know it for me. And again, we can have a whole nother uh, podcast about, uh, you know, the sequel trilogy and, and what that meant and whether it was worth it. And did we get what we wanted and all that stuff. But for me, you know, I it was weird to have to not have him featured more in that because the first, the, the original trilogy was about Luke. And I, and I think the Russo brothers, the, the guys that are famous for doing the Marvel movies recently came out and said, you know, if, if they had been in charge of it, they would have featured Luke. It would have been about Luke and, and his story, the continuation of his story. And I think that that would have made more sense to me to do it that mm-hmm. way. And I, I didn't love the, I, you know, looking back, I just, I didn't, I don't want to bash Ryan Johnson. I just didn't love the way that they used him in The Last Jedi. And it really sort of tainted the legacy, in my opinion. And I think that they they repaired that a little bit in Rise of Skywalker. But, you know, he didn't really have any significant part in there. So not to ramble too long, but because it's going to it's my number two as well. I mean, I, I, I can't, uh, you know, say enough about uh, Luke and, and how important he was as a as a, you know, 
fictional role model slash hero when I was a young kid because uh, it was, you know, to me, it, I, I'd still like to be Luke Skywalker if I could. I, I think that would be great. And there's so much material that they could explore. I really wish that they would have done a, a sequel trilogy about 10 to 15 years sooner, right? Because to, to see, I mean, there's so much so much that happened with Luke between when the second Death Star went kablooey to, uh, you know, when he started training uh, Ben Solo and all that stuff. I mean, there's a wealth of material that they could go through. And the extended universe talked about that a lot. And it would be so cool if, if Mark Hamill was young enough to reprise his role, you know, in a way that would be uh, possible. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. But, yeah, Luke is, is, yeah. is my number two. Yeah, I, I think um, I, I think I'm right on board with you in terms of um, what what how they treated the character in Last Jedi. Um, I, I was um, I was more than a little upset that that they killed him. Um, I do, I, like you, I thought that it was brave at the time. Um, I, I do like the way they, um, they quote retcon some of that a little bit, um, in the rise of Skywalker. I think the rise of Skywalker version of Luke, um, for as small as it was, was what Jedi master Luke should have been right. A little bit more wise, a little bit less wisecracking, Yes. a little bit more reverent to the Jedi order um, as opposed to the kind of grumpy hermit Luke that we got um, in, in the last Jedi. Um, but I suppose, you know, that's, that's kind of the version of Yoda we got in empire as well. Right. The, the, the hermit, you know, not, not quite as wise cracky. Well, I, I don't know. It's another, another discussion. For another. Yeah, yeah no, I, mean, I think there's some really interesting parallels to be drawn there. And I'm sure that there was some intention behind that. I just, I think, I, I don't really feel like that was a beat that needed to be repeated with Luke. I didn't yeah. think he needed to turn into Yoda. Um, I, I think it should have been, uh, and I don't care that he died for whatever it's worth, but I don't think that time that way was really what they needed. I mean, it, it needed to be I would have liked to see his character get carried into Rise of Skywalker so that he could actually make some sort of significant contribution into, you know, trying to, you know, you know, finish the third movie somehow, whatever that story would have been had JJ done all three of them. So, I mean, we'll never know what that actually is. And, and that's, that's for another podcast probably, right. but yeah, right. I, I, I agree with that. Um, okay. So I guess we're to my number two then, um, which, uh, so with, with my Darth Vader pick, which was number four, I said that I was, it was very specific. It was just Darth Vader. It was not Anakin Skywalker. Um, with this pick, my number two, um, it is a, it's a character that encompasses um, not just his, not just the original trilogy, but absolutely the prequel trilogy, it is Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, Alec Guinness was the kind of the old wizard that was Jedi, right? He was, he was our first, he, he, he gave us a lot of background of what the Jedi were. He was the first Jedi that we met. He was he kind of filled in a lot of the pieces. Um, you know, he, he was the first force ghost that we heard. He was the first force, um, you know, the, 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 the first force voice that we heard. Um, 
but but in my mind, Ewan McGregor is Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, and I cannot tell you how fucking pumped I am for the Obi-Wan show because Ewan McGregor is back. He wants to be, you know, he, he's excited to be there. Um, you know, for, for everything that the prequels were, um, Ewan McGregor's performance in all three of those movies, in my mind, stands out, especially in Revenge of the Sith, because they, they did an amazing job, in my mind, of bridging the gap between Ewan McGregor and, and Alec Guinness. He looked like him, he talked like him, he had his mannerisms, um, and, and I, I, I think universally, I don't think there's anybody that will say that Ewan McGregor was not the best part of the prequels. Um, but, but that character, I mean, he was a badass. He was a good fighter. He used the force. He was wise. He, um, I, yeah, I love Obi-Wan. He, in my mind, he's got the best lightsaber out there. That's, that's my favorite one. Um, the one that he uses in Revenge of the Sith. Um, and I suppose, I guess he uses it in New Hope as well. Um, but yeah, Obi-Wan is, he's my dude. He, he's, he's my, he's my favorite Jedi out there. I mean, that's a solid pick. I, I think, I remember seeing it, I don't remember what website it was, but like they, they basically said like, who are the best Jedi? Like legitimately the best Jedi. I'm like, well, you can make an argument that Yoda was the best, but Yoda was also, <laughs> he had his moments, right? Like where he, uh, he didn't make some of the best decisions and even, even Qui-Gon probably uh, should have listened a little bit better when it came to trying to train Anakin and things like that. But when they go back, you know, I think Obi-Wan is typically universally, you know, one of the most uh, appreciated Jedi of the series. And, and, um, and I agree with you hundred percent. Ewan McGregor is one of the better actors that came out of that original trilogy. Um, and I am, I'm, I'm just disappointed. They didn't come out of the gate with that one. Like the Mandalorian's great and I don't have any problems with it, but man, I wanted, I wanted that Obi-Wan Kenobi series or that movie. I think we thought we were going to get a trilogy and then it was going to be a movie and now it's a series. Um, but I'm, I'm so excited about that, but his, uh, his character was a, was a really important guiding post for Luke, you know, to get to that next level. And, um, and then it showed, uh, you know, a lot about his his involvement with Anakin in the beginning. And, you know, he, he failed Anakin to some degree as well because of, uh, you know, the, the relationship and the things that were going on. And, and I'm sure he would have done things differently had he had an opportunity to, to go back. But I, I mean, that's a great choice. And I'm, I'm so excited. I'm, I'm glad they're bringing Hayden Christensen back. I don't think he'll have a huge part in that show. You know, I mean, I'm sure to some degree he will. But um, I, I cannot wait. Like, I'm. I think at this point, it's not even going to be, is it 2021 that it's supposed to come out or is it going to be like early 2022? You know, I'm I, not sure. I mean, everything, you know, all the, with COVID, everything is so messed up. I'm, I'm really not sure, but uh, um, I, yeah, I can't wait. I yeah. can't wait. It's going to be it's awesome. Gonna be it's going to be so good. Um, all right. So we we've arrived at your number one. What, what all right. Later on. Well, my number one is uh, is is one that uh, you have already mentioned, and and one that would be uh, very um, very uh, a very painful omission had I not put it on here. But it is it is Darth Vader. I think Darth Vader is my favorite character of the Star Wars universe. Um, and I tried not to gush about him when you were talking about him because I didn't want to give it away. But yeah, I mean, he's. I really, honestly, don't think there's a better villain in cinematic history. I just don't. I don't think you could name one who is more iconic and, and more imposing and just 
cool. I mean, he's just really cool from top to bottom. Uh, you know, you talked about James Earl Jones who provided his voice and, uh, I still to this day, you know, get chills when he talks for the first time in like each one of the movies, you know, especially like, like the difference between the way he sounds and empire, the way he sounds in Jedi and like the technology and how his voice just got stronger and things like that. I, I, I could sit there and just watch it all day long. He terrified me as a kid, but I fell in love with him as an adult. And I, I got so excited when they were going to tell the, the prequel stories about Anakin Skywalker and his descendant to Darth Vader. And I, I'm one of the people who doesn't think that that went as well as it probably should have, especially in Revenge of the Sith, when the when when the turn, the moment happens, and it, I felt like that ball was fumbled kind of poorly. Um, that was terrible. Yeah. And uh, and it was that was so disappointing that I didn't get like the you know I mean he had he had like over six hours to, of movie time over three different stories to figure it out, and it just seemed like wow we we it's almost like we forgot about that we we focused too much on the Trade Federation and all that stuff, but. Um, yeah. but at any rate, like, I, and this is another one, I'm, I'm just, I'm shocked they haven't had a Darth Vader series. I, I can't believe that they haven't really made more of an attempt to make more of a, um, tell more canon based stories on Darth Vader. And I hope that that changes. Obviously we're going to get him back for the Obi-Wan Kenobi stuff. I, I hope that doesn't feel like it's just kind of crammed in there because there's really maybe no need to have them fight again or, or be involved, but I mean, I don't care. I just want to just, you know, take my money, shut up and take my money. But um, I just, I don't think you can name a better, more iconic villain in, in film history. I mean, there's, there's plenty of them out there, but Darth Vader is just, you know, he's, he's in our hearts and minds and on our bed sheets and <laughs> yeah. yeah, everything no, else. Yeah. yeah. That, that would be that, uh, that would be another really good podcast episode. Just top villains. I think you're right. I don't know. I don't know that I could, name a more iconic i mean even even people that call him dark vader they know who he is right right <laughs> he, you know i mean he is um and i and i will agree with you wholeheartedly uh, on the way that the the final turn was handled i think it was it was bad it, it was just and and i'll tell you what it was funny so <clears throat> when when those prequel movies came out i i, I was of the opinion that the only good redeeming one was Revenge of the Sith. And then I went back and I rewatched them several years later with my wife and she had never seen any of them. And, and I totally changed my tune on that because I think Revenge of the Sith had, that movie had one job, one job and it fucked it up since like really, yeah. really bad. Really I mean, like he, mind boggling. Like what yeah. the hell just happened? Yeah. I mean, he, he literally went from, um, he went from, I love my wife to what have I done? And, and killing younglings in the matter of like murdering children in the span yeah, of I mean, like it, 10 minutes. It, it just, it, it just, and I'm not suggesting that there isn't a way to get that character there. There clearly is. But to your point, you, you had nine hours to do it and, and you did it in eight minutes. And it just, it didn't make any sense. You know, I guess I would have, if it were me, I probably would have started at Phantom Menace with a, a, a adolescent or an older Anakin. I would have done without the eight-year-old boy version um, or six-year-old or you know whatever he was. Um, and I would have told that story. I would have kind of shown more 
more more sand people type issues right where he you know goes to the dark side and taps into the dark side and, and does that and rather than you know and then it wouldn't have been a surprise right it wouldn't have been a surprise when he you know turned on mace and 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 fell to his knees and and pledged his allegiance um but as it was um it didn't make a lot of sense that being said it's 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 he's the greatest villain ever right and so and and even even a shitty turn in the third movie doesn't take that away he's he's that bad and that's what i was going to say is that that shows you the power of of how important he was to, to film is that like they they did really really drop the ball on that but it doesn't change my like i don't hold that against darth vader like it's 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 still um he's still one of the most important uh villains to ever be on, on the screen and uh you know he uh he's just he's fantastic i can't even say enough about him he's uh he's pretty amazing all right. Uh, so, so my number one then uh, has has already been touched on, but it is none other than Han Solo. Um, Han Solo to me is he's the everyman, right? He he's 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 a non Jedi in a in a film series all about Jedi. He's a he's a he's a non believer, right? Um, you know, and and he's all about um, you know hokey religions and ancient weapons, right? Um, but he, but he wants a, he wants a good blaster at your side. Um, I, I remember, you know, growing up on the playground, I was always Han Solo. I wanted to be Han Solo. I wanted to be in the Millennium Falcon. I wanted to have the blaster, I, you know, th- those kind of things. Um, Harrison Ford, I mean, what can you say about Harrison Ford? He is arguably one of the, I don't know, we, we should do this list too. He's probably one of my top five actors of all time, not Star Wars, but just actors. Um, we talk about iconic roles that that dude has played. We could go on for days. Um, but, and again, I, I think the, the sequel trilogy, I, I love the inclusion in the sequel trilogy. Um, you know, Harrison Ford is as famously, he wanted Han Solo to die in Return of the Jedi. He finally got his wish in, in uh, Force Awakens. Um, I loved seeing him in Rise of Skywalker absolutely loved it did it make a whole lot of sense that han would be a quote force ghost no he probably wasn't it was probably a memory or what you know whatever whatever it it didn't matter um when when that scene came on there was two or three scenes in that movie that absolutely got me just as a you know at the time i was a 40 something year old guy that was one of them it was amazing um and it just added to the legacy of that character for me i mean um just there's so many iconic things that that dude says and does um and that was one of them right with with his son standing out on the bridge of the death star um what you know two movies after his son stood on another bridge and killed him right it was just um that's just it's an iconic character and i just han solo is the man love him yeah i mean can't argue with any of that obviously he was on my list too um I think that um, it's interesting that <clears throat> he's he's so beloved that that nobody seemed to one of the one of the criticisms that I kind of thought I would hear but nobody ever really said was that you know Han Solo didn't really turn out to be that great of a guy either if you look at him in, in the Force Awakens right because I mean 
maybe that's not fair, but you know what I'm saying? Like he, he kind of goes back to his scoundrel ways. Like he, mm-hmm. he's not married to princess Leia anymore. He's not a part of, of her world. He's not a, he's not in the military as, as part of the resistance or anything like that. Like he's, he's sort of detached himself from all of that and gone back to some of his, uh, some of his ways that he was, you know, some of his lifestyle that he was dealing with when he was, uh, you know, before new hope and all that kind of stuff. And, um, but it doesn't, it doesn't change the character because you know, at, at his core, you know, he's there to, uh, you know, to, to save the day and his relationship with Chewbacca and all of that stuff is just, it's fantastic. And it's so well done in that third, uh, in that, in that sequel trilogy. Um, he's, he's one of the greatest, like it's, uh, it, it's, but my, and we'll, I know we're going to get here someday, but my biggest beef with the sequel trilogy is that him and Luke never share any screen time together. Uh, that that crushed me it really crushed me and i know it crushed mark hamill too because he talked about it but they missed they swung and missed on a huge huge opportunity there i understand why they killed him i didn't expect him to live much past that first movie because they didn't think he wanted to be doing star wars movies but man to see han and luke team up again for one more movie would have been uh it would have uh it would have ignited the uh the fire in my fanboy belly uh like nothing else but Han, Han's the greatest. I mean, he, you're right. He doesn't fit into that universe at all. And I think that's what sort of gives him all the charm that he has is that uh, yeah. he knows he doesn't fit in there, but somehow that makes him fit in even more. All right. Um, you, you got a couple of honorable mentions for us. I do. Yeah. So I'll start with one and this is where it'll get more interesting. You know, my top five is pretty much greatest hits, but uh, this is where we get into the B-sides a little bit, at least for me anyways. So my first honorable mention um, was name dropped in the second season of The Mandalorian this year, which got me super fucking pumped. And it's you know it. not none other than Grand Admiral Thrawn himself. Yep. And I'm so excited. Uh, so a little background on Thrawn for, for the two of you that may be watching this that have never heard of him. Um, uh, you know, he originally appeared in the the no longer canon uh, Legends series by Timothy Zahn back in the early 90s in a book called Heir to the Empire. I believe that was the first one you introduced so me good. to those books. Uh, they were fantastic. Read them all. Um, but he was made canon in 2016 on the show Rebels. So he became a part of the Star Wars universe officially. Um, and he has, I don't know if you've read these. I've read two of the three, but he has, there's a new trilogy of books by Timothy Zahn. Uh, that, that focus on Grand Admiral Thrawn and his, uh, it's called the Thrawn Ascendancy. And it kind of talks about his, his background and, and there's, you know, there are uh, stories about him with Darth Vader and, and things like that, like really, really good stuff. But he was name dropped on The Mandalorian when uh, Ahsoka finally made her appearance. And that's all I needed to hear to know that he was going to end up on that show or one of their shows here uh, in, in the very near future. And I'm really excited about that because he's just a really fun character. He's another emperor slash Darth Vader type, you know, very, uh, very diabolical. He's, he's really more of a, he's more of a, a thinker than he is a fighter in that respect. Um, but just, just the way that he's written in the books is really, really interesting. And I can't wait to see him adapted on screen and, a lot of people are saying Benedict Cumberpatch is going to play him. I really hope it's, I, I'm Camp Mike, Michael Fassbender. I think he would be a fantastic choice for that. Um, and that's who I'm pulling for, but, but who knows the guy who actually voiced him on the, uh, 
on the Clone Wars shows, I think, is is getting consideration too. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, Grand Admiral Thrawn, um, highly underrated character, and uh, and he's my first honorable mention. All right, uh, good good pick. Um, I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go with Poe Dameron. Poe Dameron. Um, Poe to me was um, is actually a little bit like Han Solo. Now that I think about it, right? He's He's a character that doesn't really fit into that universe. Um, he's he's kind of the the, the hotshot flyboy. Um, he's super sarcastic. He's got some of the the, the not that Star Wars is comedy at all, but he's got some of the funniest one-liners in all three of those sequel movies. Um, you know, I, I actually don't know a ton about that character outside of what's on those you know in those three movies. Um, but I, but I really enjoyed Oscar Isaacs every time he, he showed up on screen. Um, you know, he didn't take me out of the movie at all. He, he left me wanting more. I wanted to know more about that character. I was, I was, um, I always felt good when he was on that, on that screen. And I thought he did, you know, what he did was he, he brought an air and, and I think I said it with Han, he's the everyman, right? He, when, when, um, when Ray and Finn would be kind of, you know, getting getting too close in his opinion or getting kind of too mystical with the force, he would always say something that would just kind of bring you back to reality, right? Yeah, right. Um, you know, he, he was the he was the the Ron of the Hermione Ron and and Harry Potter trilogy, right? He you know like he was the he was the just the kind of the normal one of the of the three, so. Um, I, I was just, I was a big fan of Poe Dameron. I, I really hope that they do some, something else with that character in the future. Um, but a big, it was probably other than the characters that we already knew, you know, the Hans and Leia's and Luke's, um, was probably my favorite character of the sequel trilogy. So I think that's a really good choice. And I think that of the new characters, he was a big part of the glue that sort of made me really respect, um, you know, the new trilogy, because I think, you know, what the decision to go with newer characters or to focus on newer characters in, in the new trilogy was kind of a brave one, right? Because you're taking three of the most iconic uh, film characters of all time, Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, and Princess Leia, and making them sit in the back seat to these new people. And that's, that in my mind is a very brave move and maybe in hindsight, not the best one, but you know, it was what it was. The point was, well, like when I finished watching The Force Awakens, I was just as interested in Poe Dameron and uh, and and Ray and uh, and Finn as I was the original characters. Like that's how much excitement mm -hmm. and energy they brought to it. And, and Oscar Isaac's was phenomenal. Like he he fit in that role better than any of the new characters did, in my opinion. He just seemed so natural in that, and his camaraderie with Finn was was sort of teased like they only spent a little uh, amount of time together in that first movie but you, like you just wanted more like you just want more of of that vibe and that energy there that he brought to that and, and oscar deserves all the credit for it because of, of the way that he played that character so I, I think that's a really solid choice and he's one of the characters that i think that i that I liked equally throughout that entire series, right? Like mm -hmm. Finn, yeah. I didn't really care for the way that, that his character sort of got played out towards the end. I don't, I don't know why. Right. I don't, I don't know the reasons. I haven't really analyzed it yet, but, and Ray was okay, but, but Ray sort of went up and down a little bit too, based off of her storyline with Luke and, 
the parents, no parents, but no, I got parents again, kind of thing. That was a little, <laughs> but like, but Poe, who, who probably got the least amount of actual story behind what he was doing was the most consistent and, and had sort of the, the responsibility of being the anchor of that group, in my opinion. I agree. Yep. All right. You got one more, sir. Who is right. it? I, my, this last one's going to be, it's going to be a little obscure, but it's going to be one I think that you'll appreciate. And this is, this is another one that I, that started non-canonical and I think still is, um, unless I'm mistaken. And it is Darth Bane. Um, oh, yeah. Darth Bane had, uh, had a trilogy of books published, I think back started in 2006 is when the first one came out. And the guy's name is Drew uh, Karpishin, Karpishin? I don't know how to pronounce his name. Um, but Darth Bane was, well, first of all, I should say that these books, I flew through them. They're, they're great reads. They're super fun. And Darth Bane was one of the biggest badass Sith Lords that has ever existed. And he is credited, again, all non-canonical at this point, but he is credited with doing the rule of two, which is, um, you know, basically the unwritten rule that the Sith can only exist in pairs because um, when, when he was a Sith, he basically created this rule and forced the Sith to do this because there was so much infighting with the Sith that they were destroying each other and tearing each other apart, as evidenced by the fact that almost every Sith gets killed by his master or, or his, his apprentice, I should say, excuse me. Um, and he was one of them. Uh, but he was he, he was a complete badass. And those books are really, really fun. It's a good read. I'm hoping that, uh, you know, there's a lot of talk about the Star Wars movies that are going to be made in the future. I think Ryan Johnson's got another trilogy that he's making, and they haven't really said what it's going to be about, but they've sort of teased Knights of the Old Republic kind of stuff, which would be the era that he's from. Um, he's actually from about a thousand years before the Clone Wars ever take place, so there's no chance that he would cross paths with any of the others. But um, the books are really great reads. I'd recommend them to anybody who hasn't read them. Um, even though they're they're not really part of the canon anymore, but uh, Darth Bane is my uh, is my second and final honorable mention. That, that's a good pick. That's a good pick. Um, all right, so my my last honorable mention. Um, it's funny. I, I I'm shocked. I'm actually shocked that he's in that he's in this list. But it's um, it's Kylo Ren um, slash Ben Solo. Um, Very controversial. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Kylo was a character, um, you know, that that killed my favorite character of the Star Wars universe, right? K killed his dad, right? And and I, I remember you and I even had conversations before Rise of Skywalker came out, um, where we were talking about like you know theories and what might happen, and we were just we were basically like, well, there's no way they can redeem Kylo Ren because he killed Han Solo. Like there's just there's no way he can do it. Um, and, and I don't know if, I don't know that they did a, a sufficient job, but, but, but they almost got there with me, right? They, they, you know, when, when he turned back to Ben, right. And, and again, I think a lot of it was that scene with Harrison Ford where he showed up on the Death Star. Um, and, you know, it, it was that father son moment, right. That we, that we finally got that moment. Um, but but Kylo Ren was was the one character um, that really kind of had a, a character arc in that in that sequel trilogy, right? 
I suppose, yeah, you could you could make the argument that Ray is is really the kind of the main character. But I mean, Kylo has that same arc as well, right? I mean, he's he's a villain, and then he's a super villain, and then he's and then he's got kind of a redemption towards the end, right? Um, you know, I I, um, I love the fact he actually has no dialogue after he becomes Ben Solo. He doesn't say a single word other than "ow." I think he jumps and he like, you know, but he doesn't say a single word. Um, you know, he, he, he gives up his life to, um, to save Ray at the end. Um, spoiler alert. I'm sure everybody's watching this has seen these movies. If not, we spoiled the fuck out of them anyways. Um, but, but um, you know, which is, which is right. The, the heroic thing to do. Um, you know, I was, I was never a fan of the, uh, the romantic relationship between Ray and, and Ben Solo or Kylo Ren. Um, so, you know, the kiss at the end there kind of bummed me out a little bit, but, but um, I just, I, I, I just like the character. I, I look back on that sequel trilogy. I wish they would have done some more with, I wish they would have shown us more between Luke and, and Kylo Ren, um, you know, in the, in the training sequences and the, you know, that kind of thing. Um, I wish they would have shown us some more with, with the Knights of Ren and what that was and who they were. Um, and I suppose that's, that's part of the reason why he's on my list, right? I want more. Um, I, I just thought he was a badass character and um, I, I, I just, I thought they did a good job with him. That's a good choice. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to, I would say with the newer characters, like with Poe and, and with uh, um Kylo, I feel like you really have to give a lot of credit to the actors that were there because yeah. the uh, that's really our only exposure to them, right? Like we didn't, we don't have a lot of extended universe material to to sort of feed off of. Um, you know, I think Adam Driver is is going to be one of the most incredible actors of his generation when all is said and done. I, I think he's really that good. Um, and if you guys haven't seen him in anything else, then then make the time to do so because there's a lot of people that were very critical of his performance as Kylo, or maybe more so critical of just Kylo's character and, yeah. and, and his his whininess and his. But but I think that there's a really interesting angle to him that you know he was you know he was he was wearing a mask you know he didn't need a mask he was doing that because he was trying to be Darth Vader like he was trying to be something that he wasn't he was trying to talk himself into that the whole time. And um, I actually thought his his redemption was was pretty reasonable. And, and yeah, we did talk a lot about that because I'm like, I don't know, you know, how they're going to redeem him that you can't redeem him for killing the most beloved character in the entire universe. But there's one person who could do that. And it was Han Solo himself. And yeah, yeah you could argue that that was sort of wedged in there and it felt kind of forced. And maybe it was just an opportunity to get Harrison Ford back. But I, I went with it. And by the end of Rise of Skywalker, I was actually fine with the fact that, that Ben Solo became Ben Solo again. And it was because of that, that, that made that happen. But I, I agree that I would like more background. I would have liked a lot more um, of what happened between Kylo, between like The Last Jedi and, and Rise of Skywalker, you know, because there's a whole storyline about how you know, that planet that, that he's on and at the beginning of Rise of Skywalker is Mustafar. Like, he goes back there to get the Holocron. Or not the Holocron. What's that called? The, the, the whatever the thing is. The, the, the Wayfinder. <laughs> the Wayfinder. So he, he goes yeah. back and he's supposed, supposedly he, according to the book, like he, he 
meet some other bad guy to fight somebody else down there, all that stuff. Like, I think that there was more in, in sort of the, the pathology between him and, and Darth Vader and all that stuff that they could have explored more. Um, but, you know, they just, they didn't, they crammed about as much as they possibly could in, uh, in Sky and Rise of Skywalker. But I liked, I, I liked his redemption story. If anything, I wanted a little bit more of him as Ben Solo. Like I would have liked to have seen him okay. do that. And, and while the love thing was, I agree that that felt weird. It's not the weirdest kiss I've seen in the Star Wars movie. So <laughs> I, I'm willing to, to brush it off and say, maybe it wasn't even meant to be romantic. As weird as that might sound, I'll give him a pass on that because uh, weird kisses is kind of what Star Wars is all about. Um, so, right. so whatever, I can, I can forgive that one. Um, it was a nice moment that I felt like it was much easier to forgive him than it was Darth Vader in retrospect with uh, the whole killing children thing, which right. may have been far, that's but fair. yeah, that's, that's solid. That's a good choice. All right. We, uh, we got through it. We got top fives. We got honorable mentions. Um, I have a feeling that we will be discussing Star Wars more than once in the, uh, in subsequent episodes for sure. I would very much like that. So, all right. Well, Hey, we have, uh, we've rambled on for about an hour. I hope everything is good on your end. Uh, happy holidays, happy new year. And I will talk to you soon. My brother. Same to you. Same to our 406 family. Uh, hope everyone had a, had a great holiday season and uh, we will hopefully see you soon with, uh, with more to come. All right. Late. Have a good one. Love you. See you. Love you.